Welcome back to BeYoungMinistry.com, to another blog and to another podcast. Today we continue in our study of the book of Romans. We're in chapter 12, verse 1, which reads, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That's Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Today we return to our study of Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, the jumping off point into a life of servanthood. The Bible has a lot to say about servanthood because the central theme of the Bible is the servant of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. Once we have come to know him and his priorities in this world, we will give him his rightful place as Lord in our lives. And his lordship will be expressed in the way that we serve others. As we mentioned in our last study, the main idea in today's verse is that servanthood begins with experiencing God's mercies or tender mercies for ourselves, which will translate into a transformed heart that will live to bring glory to the Lord Jesus. As we get to know the Lord and what he has done for us, especially the fact that he rescued us from the clutches of hell itself, we will have a growing desire to love him because he loved us first. As we mentioned before, choosing to be God's servant or sacrifice will render four characteristics according to today's verse. The first we considered in our last study. It is a living sacrifice. Our choice to set aside the self-life that this world encourages us to embrace renders life, not only in our lives, but also in the lives of those around us. Today's study is about the other three characteristics of being a servant. These characteristics are byproducts of the fact that we have experienced God's grace and mercy. That is what I like to call the grace-saturated life. You see, the closer we get to God, the more of his presence others will see in and through us. These are characteristics that only God can produce through our broken and yielded lives. The key for us is that we daily make the choice to submit our wills to him and then watch him work in and to and through our yielded lives. We are to live as though we have been justified. We are to live as though we are forgiven. The second characteristic of this yielded life to God is that it is holy. The Greek word the apostle employed here, translated holy, is multifaceted. It means to be set apart for its intended purpose, but it also means complete or full. The idea is that our daily choice to crawl up on the altar of God for his purposes for that day is steeped in the fact that we have been fulfilled by the mercies of God. In Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 26, we read, You shall be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you 
from the peoples that you should be mine. The promises which appear in picture form in the Old Testament belong also to us who live this side of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ because it is through the cross that we have been made whole before God. The word holy comes from the same root word from which we get our word wholeness. So holiness means wholeness or completeness. And if we read wholeness in place of holiness everywhere we find it in the Bible, we will be much closer to what the writers of that book meant. To be whole is to have together all the parts which are intended to be there and to have them functioning as they were intended to function. The third characteristic of this yielded life to God is that it is acceptable to God. Once we have, through Christ, been declared holy, it makes sense that our sacrifice to God for the benefit of others will be acceptable to God. God called us to himself through his grace and mercy, which has rendered for us a whole new outlook on life. We now see what is really important in this world, and it is not what we thought it was before we came into a personal relationship with God through his Son. God's call to us to live a merciful life is a call to live a worshipful life. And our aim of showing mercy is essentially showing to others the God of the Bible. More accurately, he reveals himself through our broken and yielded lives. And the aim of having bodies is to make the glory of God more visible. He shines best through our merciful behavior. This is what is acceptable to God. And it must be steeped in faith because faith is the only thing, humanly speaking, that pleases God. The fourth characteristic of this yielded life to God is that it is reasonable. Literally, our lives of servanthood is a logical service. You see, it is only reasonable for us to be available to God. It is our logical reason for existing. When we became believers in the Lord Jesus, our spirits were awakened to God. Now that we've been born again, we are learning to be surrendered to God. There are times when we live schizophrenic lives and our bodies do not follow what our spirit has already done. Furthermore, Paul tells us this is the only thing that makes sense. This is our reasonable, our logical worship. This is the way we worship God, and worship is allowing God to use all of us, even our bodies, for his glory. This is the only thing that makes sense for the born-again believer in Christ. This is the smartest thing we could ever do. The Apostle Paul used the Greek word logikos to describe this worship. True worship isn't singing songs or going through rituals. True worship is living a yielded life, an obedient life to God, because we have been arrested 
by His grace and His mercy. My friends, I trust this blog and this podcast are helping you in your walk with the Lord. If I can be of further assistance to you, shoot me an email at beyoungministry at gmail.com. Hey, have a great day.